0: Welcome to Friars on the Farm podcast. I'm Donovan, and with me is Roy. hey And Alec Jacob. How's it going? Hey, Alec Jacob was drafted by the Padres in the 16th round in the 2021 draft out of Gonzaga, where he threw the program's fifth no-hitter against Pepperdine. After getting his feet wet in pro ball and with a storm in 21, the Spokane native established himself in 2022 with a 2.68 ERA and 57 innings pitched over every level of the minor leagues and... Uh, Earning him an invite to Arizona Fall League, where he had a respectable 3.55 ERA with 17 strikeouts and 12 and a third innings, and he joins us now. Alec, how's it going in Spokane? It's
1: going well. How are you guys? Is it snowing there? No, luckily it's not. Finally, it's done snowing, or hopefully done. So you're so you're Eastern Washington.
0: I, I think of Washington as just one giant snowball right now.
1: Is <laughs> yeah, that the case? Western, right? And then there's the mountains in the middle, and then it's just basically Spokane on the east side, not much else. And there's desert out there too, yeah. And there's like uh, yeah. you know it's kind of deserty here, honestly. It's kind of tundra, I guess, a little bit uh here in Spokane, but it's a little different than West Side, Washington for sure. Now people don't really think of
2: Washington being like that. Uh, but you've got uh, Spokane is home to the Indians, which is currently the high A affiliate of the Rockies, uh, but they were the Rangers short season a ball team for the last most last 20 years did you guys go to a lot of their games when you're growing up
1: oh yeah i went to a lot of those games uh i saw a lot of players there i saw profar when he was there um saw some other pretty good big names uh that was a very common thing for my family to do in the in the summers because it's only like 20 minute drive and you know it's pretty good baseball so yeah yeah absolutely hi hi is real fun
0: um Growing up in Washington, so you grew up a Mariners fan. Yeah, you guys must be just giant Mariners fan.
1: Big time. Big time. Yeah. yeah. Ever since I was a kid, watching Ichiro and trying to be like him all the time. So, but hold on, you pitch. How did that happen? You (laughs) played. Growing up, I I like to hit more than pitch, honestly. And then I just found out that, well, I'm, you know, a little bit better at pitching. Maybe I'll stick with that. And so it's kind of how it went, I guess. Did Did you you ever make it over to Safeco? I did. I've made it over to Safeco a couple times, actually. Really, really cool. Yeah, I love it there. Um, I probably watched, you know, a handful of games, five to ten, somewhere in there. Uh, never been to Petco though.
0: Oh, dude, you you were we were just talking before the podcast.
1: You were in San Diego, dude. At least drive by. Oh, I know. I've I've driven uh, by it. I guess I've never been inside yeah. of it. So
0: and I know the bus station, the Greyhound station. We talked a little bit about that. Is literally like a block away. It, it's a couple blocks away. <laughs> hey, that's where, I, that's where I'm going to work. You know, if everything goes well, that's where I'm going to work. Um, so your dad must be really excited, and, and you know, a part of you also should be excited at how well the Mariners kind of did this year. Right. Did yeah. You know,
1: I mean, for a long time, it was kind of like, oh, you know, I root for the Mariners, but, you know, at the same time, you don't re- like, it's hard to, because, you know, that they're, they're never irrelevant. They're never in the playoff chase. But, yeah, this year, finally, with Julio and the like a good pitching staff. They finally, you know, made the playoffs. So it was, it was fun to see like that little kid in me. was really excited to see that for sure.
2: So growing up there, so it's cold a lot of the season, it's, it's a short season for baseball. Do you feel like that was like different for you versus your kids growing up down South? I guess you didn't know any different, right?
1: Yeah. Like you said, I didn't, I didn't really know too much different, but uh, yeah. Now I'm starting to realize it's quite a bit different, you know, throwing here uh you got to do it inside you got to throw into a net a lot of times when you're progressing up through the offseason and you know that, that makes it a lot more difficult than being in arizona right now and throwing outside i mean it's obviously a slight disadvantage but you know you kind of learn to make it work and you find uh like how to you just how do i say it like you learn to base things off of feel more than just a visual and like seeing how the ball flies, you, you learn how to, you know, feel it out of your hand more and just, so the, there are some benefits to it as well, but yeah, it's definitely a different thing. So how's that
2: working right now? Do you have a catch partner? Is somebody's catching for you or are you uh, just throw it, at a
1: net right now. I'm actually shut down. I'm not throwing right now. And um, my shoulders bugging me a little bit, but uh, yeah, I was just thrown into a net pretty much uh, as I was starting to build up. That's typically how it'll go for me. And I'll throw like with a partner and you know, to about sixty feet inside, but you can't really extend too much farther out anywhere. So then we start going into a net. Um that's you know, pretty much all we got. You know, and there comes a time in
0: your life where you throw hard too hard for your dad to be your
1: catcher. Your yeah. <laughs> dad's like, I'm out
0: and I'm done. <laughs> Just to yeah. kind of finish up real quick with the Mariners, uh, Jerry Depoto's son. I, so I work for a, a D one school here in San Diego, UCSD, and his son um, pitched for us and went to our school. And me you and know, my wife and I always go to like February. We spend our our time there at the ball club uh, at uh, at Triton Field, and I like sitting by the scouts just to just kind of watch what they do. Some dude walks in, you know, he had a Mariners jacket on. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, and he's like, hey. Hey, you know, everyone's saying hi to him and kind of glad handed him like that guy looks familiar. Who who the hell is that guy? (laughs) Oh, that's Jerry DePoto. (laughs) You know, he shows up to a baseball game in a Mariners jacket, which I thought was kind of cool after a moment. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I uh, met him actually in the fall league. He was, you know, there watching some of the Mariners guys. He seemed really nice and introduced himself. So, yeah, it was definitely cool meeting him. Okay, so, right, so look, how did
2: you wind up? So, Gonzaga is obviously the closest major school. You got Gonzaga and Washington or Wazoo. Uh, yeah. But what was the whole recruitment process? Was that your goal to go to Gonzaga or uh, did it just kind of happen, work out that way?
1: Um, I mean, I'd always been a fan of Gonzaga. I'd- you know, always go to the basketball games mainly, but then at the same time, I, you know, I enjoyed the baseball program and I went to the first game ever there. So it was like something that I'd always appreciated. Oh, right. But Baseball's a new program there, huh? Fairly, fairly new. Um, and um, anyways... But I honestly, I didn't really get rec- i didn't get recruited by Washington State or University of Washington or uh, any other Division ones for that matter. Uh, Whitworth University is a Division three in town. They were talking to me, and then a couple of junior colleges. And um, so when Gonzaga reached out to me and gave me a spot on the team, I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So I took my chances, and uh, yeah, worked out really well. Did you know going in that you were going to have a, a role? Was it like, did you know that you
2: were going to start right away, or or what?
1: No. Honestly, I was. They told me, you know, I had a chance of pitching as a freshman, but uh, you know, I'm assuming they tell a lot of guys that. Um, but no, I mean, I, I developed a lot between my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college. Uh, developed a change up and that really made a huge difference for me. So I wasn't expecting to, you know, start as a freshman. I wasn't expecting any of that. But after my first fall and finding success, in the first fall, I realized, you know, like, oh, I can, I can do this. I can start. That's what they want me to do. So. Well, so did you throw hard growing
2: up or were you like one of the smaller kids and it, it took a little bit of time for the power, for the speed to come?
1: Yeah. So growing up, uh, I played up as a little kid, I played like I was an eight-year-old playing on the 9U team, the 9-year-old on the 10U team always. Um, so I was weaker than a lot of the kids too. So I kind of just slung the ball uh, across the diamond as an infielder and like on the mound, I just whipped it in there. I didn't really have the arm strength. So I think that kind of plays into – who I am as a pitcher a little bit at the same time. And I've never been, you know, a high velo guy. My freshman year of college, I was sitting right around 80. Um, so it was, yeah, I was never like, that wasn't never my strength, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so I, uh, it was nice that they like even gave me a spot, honestly, on the team because no one else was even looking at me because of that. So, yeah, I guess it worked yeah. out pretty well.
0: <laughs> it worked out pretty well. Dude, so you threw a uh, no-hitter against Pepperdine. Like, that's not a small feat. You know, that's pretty pretty prestigious school.
1: Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was during COVID, so there wasn't a lot of fans there. There was, I think, under 100 oh. fans. But <laughs> <Goddamn>. <laughs> one of the D1 baseball writers was there or something, so he was able to, like, write about it, and he got some pictures and stuff. So it ended up being pretty cool. And got to do a couple interviews with, uh, like, Hunter Pence and random people. So it was, it was awesome, yeah. Hunter Pence. Yeah. And it was called some college baseball podcast. He was running, I guess, and reached out. And so,
0: so during so during the, the no hitter, did they like, did you know there was no hitter? Did they stop talking to you? Do you like in the fourth or fifth inning? Like, why isn't anyone coming over and talking to me? Or...
1: Yeah. I mean, I think after like the sixth inning, people started acting a little different. I mean, I obviously knew what was going on. I'm paying attention to the scoreboard and I'm pretty aware of all that. But my teammates definitely started acting weird after the sixth. My catcher was the only one that was talking to me. And he was like, hey, do you need water? Do you need anything? Like, I can go get you anything. Like, just basically being super supportive. And, like, he's like – and he knew I was getting tired, too. So, he's really pushing me. He's like, hey, you got this. You got this. You got this. So, uh, other than him, though, it was basically just me on my own. So, that was definitely weird. It was a weird thing, but very exciting.
2: Okay, so you're not a – were you a big strikeout guy at the time I mean, me throwing throw in, throw in mid 80s i can't imagine that you were just blowing guys away so was it a lot of defensive help behind you
1: um i think i had like nine punch outs maybe t- or something like that maybe oh right I-, I gotta hear you had a career best 12 yeah, strikeouts 12, that game. Yeah, okay oh that game i had 12 yeah yeah oh well there you go so i mean i had 12 a handful of times uh but well,
2: you got 15 other outs to get somehow yeah. right
1: yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, no, there was definitely some big time plays It ended on a line out to second base, which was pretty crazy. I think my third baseman who's, uh, was a really good defender made a couple good plays and Pepperdine itself, like the wind blows in off the coast there. So anything in the air kind of dies. So you gotta, you gotta like hit it hard on the ground or hit it hard, like, you know, low and line drive to really get it to go anywhere. So that does help.
2: Right. They're out in Malibu. Um, is it one of those ballparks where you can see the ocean in the background?
1: Not from the field, but in the stands, yes. In the okay. Stands. So here here cool. in San
2: Diego, we've got Point Loma Nazarene, and it's like hanging oh. out on the cliff right, right above the ocean. People I, say it's the most oh. beautiful place to play baseball in the yeah. world. Yeah,
1: it's awesome. I've, I've never played there, but I, yeah, I've actually seen it. It's so cool. I, like I grew Kyle. up here. I've never been. i got to get out there.
0: <laughs> Kyle Glazer from Baseball America has it on his profile and the like one of the first questions i asked him when we had him on the podcast so many years ago I'm like dude did you play ball at, at point loma he's like no i just love the ball field I'm like oh, it's, it's, you hit a dinger it goes in the water basically um <laughs> so talk about coach Harmon. you know there was a, i read a lot about how much you know how much he affected your uh, development and uh as a pitcher and as a player let's talk about him for a minute
1: Yeah. Um, I've, so let's see, I started working with coach Harmon probably my freshman or sophomore year of high school, uh, just here and there through club ball and camps and stuff. And he had, he had already worked with some, you know, sidearm guys in the past, uh, Wyatt Mills, uh, a guy that was with the Mariners now he's with the Red Sox. Um, but he went through and he was a third round pick and, you know, So he'd had success with sidearm guys before, so I really trusted that he knew what he was uh, doing with me, I guess. And so when I got to Gonzaga, the whole message was kind of like, learn what works for you and learn who you are as a pitcher and how to find success. And so I really – I felt like a big development for me was like finding a routine that worked that got me into a spot, you know, that I was ready to pitch every time. And then also just like building my own confidence and just – and, like, kind of just figuring out who I am and letting that be my confidence, uh, sort of. So I feel like that was uh, the biggest thing that I learned from him. And also, like, he, you know, he called all the pitches. So, like, different things with, like, strategizing how to attack hitters and mixing things up if I picked up on. But, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed my time there. I, I mean, I got a lot to thank for, lot to thank him for. Uh, things went really well for me, so. So I saw somewhere that we
2: so you pitch from like a low three quarter almost sidearm. Yeah. As you say, you sling it like an infielder, sling it across the infield. Uh, but I saw somewhere that at one point you were throwing over the top sometimes as well. So was yeah. that in college? And is that something that Coach Harmon worked with you
1: on? No, that that was in high school, actually. I was so high school, my I think it was probably my sophomore year when I started dropping down and I was just like throwing sidearm a little bit more and then I was also doing over the top and I was just kind of mixing it up but I wasn't really throwing much from the side only just a fastball just because I didn't really have a slider or anything and then my junior year came around of high school and I started like working more sidearm and I was doing like half and half and um, that was when they kind of reached out to me and they're like hey you know we really like your sidearm uh, stuff and we really think you know that's a weapon so we want you to keep working on it and then Basically, it just said that you know, eighty three or eighty four from the side is going to play a lot better than eighty three or eighty four over the top, which makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of just pushed that out of the way, and we're like, "Yeah, you're just going to go only sidearm." And I was like, "You know what? I'm I'm game." And it obviously paid off. So uh, they kind of just pushed it out and said, "No, that's it's not going to work." I, at the same time, that was not my future. So.
2: So then what Coach Harmon was working on was more like the mental side, the preparation, the strategizing kind of stuff. Yes, correct.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I mean, he kind of, he taught us all to like talk amongst each other too. Um, I never really thought about that before I'd worked with him. It's just like asking all my friends, like, oh, you know, he's got a really good slider. What does he think about when he's throwing it or how's he throwing it? um he really told us to just like we would have you know meetings and sessions where we're just talking to each other you know about like pitches and different things that we like in our delivery and so learning a lot from each other I felt like was big there and that helped us all grow I think and obviously they've had a lot of success in our last few years so it seems to be working
2: yeah so my wife and I we sit right by the bullpen at pickle Park and so we get to watch what the pitchers do a lot and we see that sometimes when competing teams, you'll see one guy leaning over. And one guy that comes to mind is Felix Hernandez, right? I think it was his last year. And he's talking to some of the Padres guys and I see him and he's showing them how he grips. I don't know what pitch it was, but he's kind of showing them how he grips it, how he releases it. And there's like a, a fraternity among ball players, even on different teams that they kind of, they share what they know. And you yeah. might not be able to throw Mariano Rivera's cutter, but he'll show you how he holds it, how he lets
1: it go. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's obviously a little different. You know, you're not going to be able to throw Jacob deGrom's fastball. You're not going to be able to throw <laughs> Williams changeup. Like you just, this is not going to happen, but you know, learning how they do it and their thought process, you know, you might be able to take away one thing from that and that can help you make your pitches a little bit better. And that's really all that matters. So yeah, it's, I, I loved it. Honestly, just talking to other baseball players, I feel like that's my best way to learn.
2: So growing up, obviously, as a, as a big baseball fan, as well as being a, a pitcher, uh, were there certain pitchers that you found yourself watching more? Were you trying to find people that kind of matched what you do and trying to pick apart what they do?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, just growing up, like you said, Felix was obviously the dude for me growing up. But then once I started becoming a side armor and then Steve C. got picked up by the Mariners at like yeah. the same time. So I started following his career. And then I uh, so, yeah, a lot of. What he does, uh, I followed, and then uh, Marcus Stroman. He's not a side armor, but he does a lot of like changing up in his motion, and he'll do different leg kicks and stuff. And so I kind of like took that from him, and then also like C-Sheck and uh, Darren O'Day, guys like that, uh, just seeing how they have success. Uh, Tyler or T- Tyler Rogers, yeah yeah, 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 watch him. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: Steve C-Sheck, You bring him up. He actually just announced his retirement. Just I think it was oh. yesterday.
1: Oh. 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 Yeah, yeah, glad
0: that guy just does fits, man. He he, he he just, he always gave the Padres such a problem. You know, he, wasn't, he wasn't that good with us, but like as soon as he left, I think he went and played for Tampa Bay or something. Oh, just, you're
2: thinking of Pat Nischek.
0: Yeah, Pat Nischek. That's it. I always got those two confused. <laughs> right. right. Um, you know, what else kind of changes things up a lot? Um, Nestor Cortez from the Yankees, okay. he changes things up a lot. And, uh, you know, uh, Johnny Cueto also yeah. does that, does the weird kind of like Fox. Uh, Hideo Nomo kind of turn mm-hmm. sometimes does that and some kind of, and even Cortez, he'll go over the top and then he'll go sidearm and even under sometimes.
1: I don't even know how he does all that, honestly. It's impressive.
0: And look like Mario from Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> right. But
2: what you're talking about is kind of messing with hitters' timing. And yeah. that's something that Alec, that's something that you've started doing a little bit more in the last year or so, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I started doing it a little bit in college uh, my freshman year. Uh, and my coach was really like pushing me on it. And he's like, you know, I, I think that would work for you. And so I started doing a little bit more and a little bit more. And I tried out different things. I was just pushing the boundaries as much as I could, basically seeing what I could do. And I would talk to the hitters and be like, hey, like, do you hate when I like, what's the worst thing I could do on the mound to like mess you up? And then I just basically started doing that more and more. And uh, it was just fun to play <laughs> And scrimmages and just pissing guys off, I guess, was kind of my my enjoyment out of it. And then I just kind of ran with it ever since. Like hitters just keep giving me positive feedback that they obviously dislike it, so I, I'm not going to change that anytime soon. Well, you got to rattle them. So, what You're are right. some of the
2: things that you like? What are some of your little routines that you do to to, to throw people off?
1: Yeah. So one thing that really wor- I found works is if I do a, a quick pitch fastball and then I come back with a quick pitch changeup, that'll throw guys off a ton like back I, to back back to back yeah so i'll go just as quick as i can to the plate a lot of times and then i'll do i'll act like i'm doing it again and then just pull the string on them and a lot of times you can get a guy on front there or you can go quick pitch fastball and just get to the plate as quick as you can and then you can hold at the top and make them wait a long time so it's like a couple of seconds you know from when i start my wind up and he gets to the plate, like between the two different deliveries if that makes sense oh, yeah. Uh, the big difference so Can you get yeah. some guys
2: uh, stepping in a bucket on that
1: <laughs> a lot of times i'll see a guy stride and then you see as i'm holding so then I'll try and reset and then i'll just try and go while he's resetting so it's, it's kind of like a game up there honestly it's weird
0: well that's 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 what it's about um this so let's talk about the draft you, you in, in the 16th round uh second day guy did you know did the podways talk to you before did other teams have interest um what was your draft day like
1: Yeah. So, uh, I got the first day, the first two rounds, I didn't get any, uh, anybody reached out and then like fifth or sixth round, the White Sox reached out to me, uh, offered me not as much money as I was hoping for. Um, and then I think the Braves maybe too. And then the Padres reached out to me actually in the 10th and, um, offered me, uh, something, but I, it was just, it was too low for me. And so Mm -hmm. I, Declined it, and they came back later, and my agent called me in the 15th and said, hey, you're going to go to the Padres in the 16th. They gave you the best offer on the table, so just don't answer calls from anyone else. So sure. <laughs> uh, right as I put the phone down, I get two more calls from two different teams, but I just left it there And uh, San Diego Padre. My girlfriend was right next to me, and she's from San Diego too, so she was like, don't answer, don't answer. Don't <laughs> <laughs> that's not 619. Yeah. Like, that's not, for- <laughs> yeah.
0: Dude, r- real quick, so where did you – where did you meet your girlfriend? Would you meet her? Did she go to Gonzaga? Or?
1: Yeah. She played soccer at Gonzaga. So we met at school. Yeah.
0: I always say Gonzaga. Is it Gonzaga? Gonzaga. 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 Okay. All right. I don't have any education, so I only work for a university. Um, so, so your girlfriend was next to you. Were your parents there? Did you call your dad? Or I mean, did you guys have a spread or?
1: Yeah. Take- my mom was there. My mom was there. My dad, actually, unfortunately had to work, but I-, I called him immediately, obviously right afterwards. And, uh, a lot of people were following on their phones, you know, and so they reached out as soon as they saw it as well. So it was, it was a lot of fun.
2: Okay. You had a couple other guys drafted that same year, right? Uh,
1: Brett Harris, uh, Brody, Jesse, uh, Brody, Jesse was actually this most recent year. Uh, it was Ernie Yake and, uh, Brett Harris with me in 21. Yeah. We had, uh, and two infielders and then me, Yeah, both, both good guys. Love them both. Uh, they both had pretty good years too as well this year. Nice. Did they uh, did you play against any of them? Uh I played against uh I played against Brett in uh Midland. He played for Midland mm-hmm. so I was in the Texas League. Uh Ernie was in Wichita but when I when played in Wichita he was not there unfortunately. All right, Brett's a hitter. Did did you face him? Yeah, I faced him a couple times. I got see I got I think two ground outs and a flyout or something. He didn't get a hit but he didn't strike out either so I guess best case scenario maybe. Did you yeah, mess he... with him with the slow pitch or any of that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. but he's already seen that so many times that I feel like you can't affect him quite as much as some of the other guys.
0: Uh, so even those guys, you can like go back and talk to them, you know, in, in the off season, They're like, Hey, so how yeah. season? you know, what, what did you see from pitches that really got to you and, mm-hmm. you know, and you can, and they can tell you the same thing. You can ask them the same thing. Like, what did you see that maybe I was tipping or that pitches do that can help?
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think talking to hitters, especially, is the best to learn from. Just like their, uh, I mean, just their mindset and stuff at the plate. Like just hearing what they think and what they're expecting a pitcher is going to do is just. I mean, that's the biggest thing is how, how they read a pitcher and understanding that uh, can definitely help you learn how to attack them better. All right. Sense. So
0: I know it's the sixteenth round, but did you buy anything for yourself or your parents with the signing bonus?
1: No, not really. I mean, I went on vacation. I bought, you know, on vacation. That was pretty nice. Went to Europe. Uh, That was pretty cool. But no, that's kind of that. No.
2: Okay, so you get drafted, and this is in like the middle of June when the draft happens, now that they've moved it back. And you had to pack up all your stuff and head down to Peoria real quick. You play one game in Peoria. You made it out to Lake Elsinore. Uh, Take us kind of play-by-play through all of that chaos.
1: Yeah, that was... (sighs) I mean, that was re- definitely crazy. Cause I made my debut and I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Like first outing out of the way. And then they instantly call me into the office. and I'm like, Oh no, like, what's going on. I, you know, I'm thinking I'm in trouble or something. And they're like, Hey, they, do? they kept me, yeah. catch me picking my nose out there and they're going to cut me yeah. or what? <laughs> Brought guys in and they're just kind of staring at us. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like what's going on? Like, what did we do? And then, uh, yeah, they, they called us up. So that was obviously very exciting. Me and two other guys. And then, uh, Unfortunately, the, it was because of a COVID outbreak, right, in Lake Elsinore. So we oh, couldn't.
2: right. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. yeah. we couldn't like be. Six guys. Six guys. House. Yeah, we couldn't be in the clubhouse with the team. So we were in a tent behind the center field wall uh, out there. And so our uh, Terrence was taking our stuff back and forth between the clubhouse and out there. And he was making it work. So it was definitely a, a very hectic, crazy first experience. But uh, it was in Rancho Cucamonga, which is. An exciting first place to play, too, with the fireworks opening that first game for us. So it was cool. It was definitely an experience that I'll never forget. You're, you're but...
0: the first person that ever said Raja
1: Cucamonga was exciting. <laughs> well, I it... guess to start my career. As a, Hell yeah.
0: You know, it the Dodgers, too.
1: Hell like yeah. Inland Empire. So. And,
0: and we anyway. love Terrence. Yeah, so, shout yeah. out to Terrence Tucker,
1: for sure. Yeah, shout out to Terrence Tucker. Big time.
0: Okay, so did you get to meet? Uh, so Josh Emrick is the uh, West Coast supervisor. Uh, when they were, when you were getting scouted, did you
1: get a chance to meet him? Did you talk to him? I don't, I don't think so. No, okay. unfortunately. All right. Who was your? Did you have a scout? Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is bad. I'm so bad with names. It's okay. This, this is, it's is all ter- good. I, I do the I same thing. Like a month ago, too. It's like so bad.
0: Just trying yeah. to give them some love, man. All yeah. I want to do is give the I scouts know, some shine. I, I know
1: about him I I could tell you like where he played college ball but I couldn't tell you his name I'm mad right now so that's
0: terrible
2: I do, I do the same thing I could be at a I could like if take my wife to the office dinner party for Christmas and I would forget her name like I or I'd be trying to introduce to a coworker and I it just blows my, right off my mind yeah. Oh man I don't know Okay well let's talk about baseball stuff that you <laughs> that you can talk about there So you get a lot of strikeouts even though you don't throw hard how do you get so many swings and misses
1: I think some of that plays into what we're talking about, right? Like changing timings and keeping hitters off balance. Um, obviously like I got a lot of movement on my pitches. So uh, like, you know, relying on movement along with location, those two things can definitely along with, you know, changing timing that can, you know, make, get a lot of swing and miss for a, a hitter. And so I think all those things coming into play definitely helped me. Um, yeah. So I saw that you're
2: trying, you've been trying to get more horizontal movement on your slider. Um, are you trying to get like one of those frisbee sliders that just kind of moves flat across the the plate? And what are you trying to do to accomplish that?
1: Yeah, that's kind of, I'm, um, I'm trying to, you know, find exactly what works best for me there. Uh, my slider has changed so much since college. I used to have this like big loopy kind of slurve pitch and uh, you know, they quickly taught me that that was not going to play at the next level. So I, I learned, you know, the, All horizontal and no vert like that plays a lot better. So that's what I was trying to get. Um, Sometimes I was getting a little bit of vertical movement on some of my sliders, which was actually kind of like, you know, the Tyler Rogers uh, rising slider kind of. Uh, not obviously to that extent, but yeah, that, that kind of idea where it's not, you're not getting as much depth and you're getting more. So like, it looks like it's going to be down the middle and it ends up, you know, four or five inches off the play and they chase it. Um, you just run out of barrel basically is the idea. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to get. Uh, yeah, it's obviously, you know, it's a newer thing for me. Uh, uh, it's my first time throwing that pitch this last year so. You know, is, is it a
2: matter of where you're how you're gripping the ball or your yeah. mechanics as you're releasing it?
1: Yeah, so some of it is the grip. It's a different grip and then also it's it's definitely like trying I feel like at times I would like you know try and like make it move, you know what I mean Like trying like, oh, I gotta throw this really hard and I gotta snap it off so it'll mm-hmm. move a lot. but it's more so just like throwing as hard as I can and just trusting it. Um, that's kind of what I've learned is like, I got to throw it just like any other pitch. I got to throw it as hard as every other pitch and just trust that it'll move like it should. And when I do that correctly, it, it does. So
0: I, I love that, that running out a barrel. That's a little bit of uh insider lingo that <laughs> yeah, running out of barrel. Yeah. Well, so you, you know, the, well, the, the shape of your pitch, um, is that, you know, so being, having, having all the different, you know, delays in your delivery, and kind of sidearm slinging the ball uh, and, you know, messing with the the grip
1: of the pitches. How do you keep your location in control? I think that's just, you know, repetition, uh, you know, doing things over and over and over and over again. You just kind of get used to it. I practice it a lot. You know, I do it every day and catch play and, you know, changing on my timing all the time, just so that I'm, when I'm out there on the mound, it's just like second nature, basically. Um yeah, I mean, that's really the main thing It's just, you know, doing it all the time. If you do it all the time, then it's not going to really feel like you're doing anything different on the mound. So I was practicing and catch play and bullpens for sure. I have two random thoughts. You must be really good at skipping stones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I haven't really like practiced it that much. I should definitely like get into that though. Maybe I'm just seeing if I could be good at it. You know, you know? I, I,
2: I bet you are. You got the right release. Now, right. Okay, growing up out in Eastern Washington, I know you a lot of guys out there like to go shotgun shooting. Um, uh, have you ever thrown a clay target with the chucker? I have not. Uh, it's once upon a time when I went, I'm a golfer, and everybody was having the hardest time throwing those things, but for whatever reason, I was able to get that that sidearm kind of a sling. I bet you could throw a clay a clay pigeon
0: pretty darn well.
1: Man, that's two things that, you know, maybe two talents that I didn't even know I had right there.
0: Right. hidden talents yeah you, you know if if you ever make it back to double a talk to welly man he might be into that having you come out uh, in the offseason go throwing some play <laughs> oh i bet
1: there you go all
2: right so i went on so fangraphs has uh they've got minor league stats on there and you can look at stats for everybody in the organization and a couple of things jumped out to me um so among padres pitchers in 2022 with more than 50 innings pitched you are number 1 in strikeout rate minus walk rate which is 25.9%. So you have a 32.2% strikeout rate this year and only 6.3% walk, which means you strike out a lot more guys than you walk. You're also number 1 in strand rate in left on base. Is that just a freak thing or is that something that you are are you you think about controlling the running game and stranding runners?
1: Um, I definitely think that that's something that I, you know, think about and something that I like kind of take pride in. I've, I feel like, I don't know what my numbers were in college too, but I feel like they would probably be pretty good in that stat as well. I feel like I'd left a lot of guys on base. I don't know what it is necessarily, but with runners on base, I feel like I get in, you know, I get in a tough situation. Maybe it's just like, I realize that, oh, I really have to execute this pitch. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I feel like I... I do spend a lot of time also like worrying on like base runners, you know, mixing up timings and stuff that might, you know, play a little bit into that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, that's obviously a great stat to, you know, be good at. And so I I definitely think that that's something that I work on. Yeah. Yeah. Allegorically, it seems like sidearm pitchers and
2: submariners tend to be a little bit quicker to the plate. So maybe that's Mm -hmm. in play here, but, and also because the ball's coming at such a low angle, you get a lot of ground balls, so I would imagine that you get a lot of double plays, a lot of ground outs rather than, you know, fly ball, sacrifice, fly, get the guy in from
0: third kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I, I don't even know what my ground ball rate is, honestly, but you're you're probably on to something there. That would that would make sense.
0: You know, also with with guys with runners on base, you you can use their their uh their aggressiveness against them. Which yeah. like maybe they are jumping to the ball, you know, maybe they are a little quick to your pitch and you're off by a half second or, or a second there and you know they just top it or they pop it up. Mm-hmm.
1: absolutely and i think a lot of guys too with runners on base and i, I don't have quite oh. as much of uh quite as many different opportunities to change things up going to the play they'll take uh like bigger cuts you know and try and do something too big at the play and i can get them off balance that way okay
2: so a couple other stats here you're a number two in era with their 2.68 era only alan mundo at 2.29 was better and then whip walks plus hits over innings pitched um you uh tom cosgrove and his 1.12 whip was the only one ahead of you this year so you know just some some good numbers that jumped out and important numbers
0: mm. into the podcast tom Friend of
2: the podcast tom cosgrove yeah <laughs> just made his way out the 40-man roster so hopefully we'll oh. see him make his by the way we have podcast mojo here we have a, right. a history of talking to guys who later go on to make it to the majors hopefully some of that rubs off on you our first success i believe was nick Mergavich's. And when we talked to him, it was one of those things where it's like his chances of making the majors yeah. seemed pretty darn slim. I mean, he was coming off yeah. a really good year, but then doesn't throw hard. It was, an
0: he, he threw high, it was in high A was his yeah. high A. And, the next and then year all of the a
2: sudden he just kicked ass wow. in spring training and got the call. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then Ty France was another guy that we talked to early on. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you hopefully you uh, get to join that uh <laughs> Yeah, put in the work, do put in the work, though first. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you spent most of this year in San Antonio. I know in Fort Wayne they've got the quads. They've got like these apartments across the street that they take care of. And now that Major League Baseball, they're they're you know coordinating all the housing for everybody. What were the living conditions like in uh, in Fort, in San Antonio this year?
1: Uh, so it was just two to a room. Uh, four guys in an apartment, two bedroom uh we had twin beds uh pretty standard i think that's how it was pretty much everywhere but uh yeah who did the who cooking your roommates yeah there's not a lot of cooking being done that's for sure <laughs> uh well i mean it kind of changed throughout when i was there originally it was uh, me kevin cops uh mason fox and reggie lawson and then when i came back the second time it was me kevin was still in there um, Tyler Malone and Jordan Guerrero
0: Jordan so, yeah there's no cooking going on there that boy can put away a plate man <laughs> and he's just a, a cool dude too
1: is, he's
2: great that's a bunch of good people there yeah Tyler Malone yeah. I'm an Oregon State beaver and yeah. so oh, hey, when I you. saw that Tyler Malone came from Oregon State I'm like we got to talk to him so uh I've, I've happened to cross paths with him a couple of times real good guy
1: yeah real good
2: guy so he's coming not- from Washington what kind of stuff do you do off the field just to to get away
1: yeah, I mean, obviously, it's tough in the snow, right? Like, there's not a lot you can do. And uh, I wanted to do a snowboard growing up, but my parents quickly shut that down with baseball and everything. They didn't want me to be doing that. So, uh, yeah, I, I spent time with friends, you know, play video games, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of indoor stuff, unfortunately, is kind of what you got to do. Um, yeah, I mean, baseball is a big part of my life, obviously. I spend a lot of time doing that. But In the
2: summertime, you go out fishing, hunting, camping, any of that stuff?
1: A little bit, a little bit on fishing a, a couple times, but uh, I go out to the lake a lot. There's a lot of lakes around here too, uh, which is nice. Uh, we don't have beaches and stuff, but we have lakes you can go to. And so there's, uh, you know, my friend one of my friends has a place uh, on one lake, and then we have a place on a, a different lake. So it's it's nice to go up there in the summer. Spend a lot of time there.
2: That's the thing. You don't want to own your own boat. You need to have a buddy who's got a nice <laughs> right. boat. Exactly, exactly. You're right to it
1: there.
0: <laughs> well then all those lakes, no skipping stones. There's something missing there, man. <laughs> no, I
1: know what's going on? I need to start working. <laughs> okay, yeah, so- I've, but I've never really like actually like tried, you know, like, oh, you know, what could I actually get here if I got like a good rock and so Never really
2: Yeah. <laughs> but now you're thinking about it.
1: You, no, know, I, I,
0: about I, you know, so go from double A uh to triple A. What, you know, how, how did that go for you? How did you see the difference in, in the hitters from, from double a where, you know, it's pretty solid ball club there, you know, pretty solid baseball though. And you go up to in triple a and you just, it's a whole other league. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you said, whole other league, uh, I'm, maybe the hitters aren't, you know, more talented necessarily, but they're much smarter and they're like more, there's a lot of veterans in triple a, obviously yeah. guys that have been around it and, and they, they're very smart hitters, you know, they're not going to chase, they're not going to do anything like that. And a uh, part of it too, for me, I, I felt like was like, Oh, you know, I'm in triple A, I'm one step away from the big leagues. And so every good outing and every bad outing feels like, you know, you're either on top of the world or the end of the world. It's like, Oh, I'm getting called up or I'm getting sent down. So it was like, you know, a lot of it for me was uh, I was making things, a lot bigger deal than Hmm. necessarily they needed to be for every inning and every outing. It was like, you know, the end of the world. So, uh, you know, even though it's triple a, it's not, you know, anything different. It's still just baseball. So, uh, that was kind of a realization that I had to obviously come across and, um, but yeah, like I said, hitters are definitely a lot smarter and older guys that have been around it. They've seen everything. So it's, it was a great experience. Yeah. Good to get good to get your feet
0: wet there, and and you know really put that mental side of the game into practice because it's you know it's such a even as a pitcher it's so much based on failure and dude it's your first full season in pro ball you made it to triple A and and did pretty good you know and you did really well in double A so like reaching that and showing the potential there um, I think the Padres are really high on you we love you um right. we got a, should we go into lightning
2: round now Roy. No, you so you got called up to the fall, the fall league. league. You had the
0: opportunity That's to hard. play a fall league.
2: What how did that all come about? And uh yeah, so what what'd you think of that?
1: It was awesome. I mean, it was a great experience, it was unlike anything I'd ever done, really, you know, so different. Uh it's you got a bunch of guys in different uniforms, playing at different organizations, and you got nobody in the stands besides just scouts. That's yeah. about it, you know. And so that it was a, an interesting atmosphere and you're obviously playing you know, some of the best guys in every organization. So that was really cool. You know, you recognize a lot of names and stuff from that you played against in college or, you know, or high draft picks that you have uh, seen. And so it was cool. Definitely Uh cool experience. Uh, met a lot of cool guys and I had, I had a great time. Yeah. It seems like people
2: sometimes have an assignment, like they're going to work on a certain you know, position players, maybe playing a different position or a pitcher, maybe working, give certain limitations or certain instructions did you have anything like that going into or was it just go do your thing
1: yeah it was a little bit of it was like go do your thing but also i was you know i was there to work on stuff and i was there to get better uh our pitching coach uh, alone uh was also he's like a side armor i guess too he played uh with team israel and he played college ball here and so he was he was working with me on different stuff and he was very knowledgeable and was really helpful. And so, you know, having another side armor, that's like, you know, obviously someone that you can learn from a lot better than really anybody else. And so he was helping me with my sinker. Uh, I was working on getting a little bit more depth with it. Uh, That was my main um, goal, I guess, for fall league. So this year you went high A,
2: double A, triple A fall league you bounced all over the places so talking to all these different coaches working around all kinds of different players. You must have a lot of information coming from all these different
1: directions. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, that was definitely something I had to learn to balance. It was like, all right, like, you know, I don't want to just listen to one person only and just take everything that they have to say. I got to, you know, try and absorb everything and then kind of, you know, figure out what works for me and what I want to, you know, keep, with me as I continue on my career, obviously, cause I'm only going to have more coaches and more voices and stuff like that. And everybody's, you know, going to tell you something, you know, maybe it's the same thing, but it's, they say it a little different. And that'll click. Or, you know, maybe it's something completely different at the same time. You, know, you just got to figure out kind of what works for you and uh, what you like. And yeah.
2: So in, in the off season last year, the Padres hired somebody from the uh, the Mariners organization, Rob Marcello. Um, I don't remember his exact title. Something along the lines of director of pitching development, something like that. Have you had a chance to work with him much?
1: Yeah, I, I've worked with him a bunch actually. Uh, that whole the whole thing of like my sinker in the fall league that was, uh, I guess, originally from him, and then him and alone were kind of working with me on it. So that was more so from his side, I guess. And then also my slider that has been all from him. Uh, that's been like a pitch that I kind of always like changed here and there throughout my career, but now it's pretty consistent like i'm not trying to change it i'm just trying to you know obviously like i said get a lot of horizontal movement on it um and yeah those are like the two main things that i've taken away from them
2: so that's the the sinker and the slider but you also have a four seam and a change up right mm,
1: well, a four seam i mean like i i kind of have it i i've probably thrown it like f- five times all year you know so it's not really something like, <laughs> there but it's not like really but the change up yeah I have not messed with they don't they're messing with it either that's just kind of been my pitch I kind of like you know I lost it a little bit in the middle of the season I didn't lose it necessarily but you know it lost some of its shape you uh, put it on
2: timeout like Lake Snell does
1: right <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> and so I it took you know like a week or two and then I got it right back to where I wanted it but you know that's how it goes sometimes okay
0: so you've gone into your first full season of pro ball Going into your first full off season, and I know your your shoulders are a little bulky right now, but was there anything, any change in your uh, in your conditioning or anything in your pro, uh, throwing program, maybe to kind of propel you into a, a lengthier season with uh, with more innings?
1: Yeah, I think for me, a big thing was I wanted to come into spring training in really good shape already, and so then I could just try and maintain that the best that I can throughout the season. Obviously, it's really hard to stay in great shape all season with everything that's going on and how much you know wear and tear it takes on your body to be thrown three times a week or however much so um that was the biggest thing i'm like doing more conditioning more core uh trying to get all that stronger um i feel like that'll help me stay healthy for the whole season which i didn't have trouble this last year until the very end but uh Either way, now I know, you know, what I'm in for fifty-five outings or however many I gotta be ready for every one. It's gonna, you know, it's obviously it's a marathon out there. So yeah.
2: Okay, being a being a mariners guy, this brings back a memory for me. You talk about conditioning and all this. Randy Johnson used to be in this infomercial, and there was this thing, it was like a fiberglass rod that he would take and he would like oscillate it and he would move it back and forth. And I've actually seen guys in the bullpen using something like this.
1: Do, do you know what I'm talking? about? Do you remember this commercial? I don't know the commercial, but I, I know what you're talking about. Like, it's I probably know, before your time. Yeah, right. I remember a lot of the commercials though, like the Grand Salami ones, and uh, they had oh, they had a bunch of great commercials when I was growing up as a kid.
2: Oh my God, what was the Felix? Fairly, he was Larry Larry Bernandez.
1: Oh, Larry Hernandez. Yeah,
2: that's right. <laughs> oh my God, Donovan! You got to look these commercials up. They the, will, the PR will. group that they've got in Seattle is so good. And it so is. Felix Hernandez, like they didn't want him. Like he's he's limited on how much he can pitch, and so he shows up one day and he's got he put a B on the H on his jersey, and the the coach comes up and says, "Yeah, you can't pitch today. You pitch yesterday." I'm not Felix. I'm Larry. I'm.
0: Larry. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. So, uh, going into the next year. You know, do you have any goals? Do you have any innings? Uh, you, you know, is there an innings limit you want to reach? Uh, what do you want to get out of this next year other than just developing?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, developing, obviously, getting better. Um, I want to be able to just be available every single game the entire season. That would obviously be a huge goal of mine. And then to pitch in the big leagues uh, at the same time. Like, you know, that's obviously always the goal as a minor leaguer but this year especially for me i feel like that's
2: my goal and i mean so so between the between the regular season and the uh and the fall league you pitched in what 52 games this year were there periods of time that you were that you were shut down a little bit or were you pretty healthy all season this year
1: i was healthy all season uh there'd be definitely times where like i'd you know i'd throw an inning or two and then the next day i'd be like all right you know i need today off but uh, you know like going forward i i'd I definitely want to be able to be able to go back to backs every week if I need to, or however often, because I, I realize that that's, you know, part of being a reliever in the big leagues is you're going to get your name called randomly. Could be three days in a row. Could be once in two weeks, like you never know. So um, I just think just being ready and being available, you know, maybe not even just throwing that next day and being in the game, but just getting myself to a point where I could go in the game and just Uh, being ready to go every single day, I think, is going to be big for me. Yeah, we see that in the
2: bullpen. There's always this time of the game when all the guys come up from – because there's like a room underneath where a lot of the guys go hang out. And then they all come up, and you see these guys stretching out and moving around. And you can see there's a few guys that they're ready to go every single day, no matter what. Tim Hill is one. It, It takes him five seconds to get ready. I don't know how he does it, but he gets up there and just slings like four pitches. And then he's standing there with his glove on his hip, like ready. And I don't know how those guys, how those guys do it. So you were a starter throughout college. Did you find that there was a, a big adjustment on how you prepared on a daily basis before the game and during the game?
1: Definitely. I mean, it's, it's way different. Uh, there was a couple things or I guess a couple times I came out of the pen in college too, uh, for a good portion of my sophomore year, I was out of the bullpen. Uh, I got pushed into the bullpen. Um, in like the beginning of the year so is that like getting stuffed in the locker <laughs> basically <laughs> they're like hey like sorry you're not starting anymore like, oh, okay whatever but anyways yeah i mean it, it worked out well like i found out what worked for me again that's kind of a big thing that they pushed on us uh along with talking to other guys in the bullpen you know like right with my first time coming to the bullpen i'm like all right I like it how does this work? Like I'm coming out here. I'm like treating it like a start. I'm throwing like 30 pitches in the bullpen. And that's way too many. Like I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah, I, I had to learn like to one, use the pitches that I get on the, on the field, like the seven pitches on the, in the, on the game mound. Sorry. I had to, you, you remember to use those to my advantage. Uh, Cause a lot of times you don't have a lot of time. So, and then also just being like proactive and constantly just, keeping my body loose. So it's just like at any time I can just get up on the mound and start throwing. Um, Cause, and then once, you know, from there, once you get in the game, it's just like flipping a switch. You're a completely different person out there for 15 minutes. A lot of times, sometimes it's five minutes, you know what I mean? Like, so you got to really be able to flip that switch rather than being a starter going out there and trying to, you know, just keep calm, trying not to get your heartbeat up too much uh, and trying to stay relaxed. Cause you know that you got to go the whole game or try to go the whole game. So,
2: so spring training last year you were you were new so you're probably trying not to ruffle feathers or getting people's way or anything like that now that you got a year under your under your belt do you feel like going into spring training like isn't it you picking people's minds and and asking questions of people like veterans like tom Eshelman, those kinds of guys do you feel like you're going to be more comfortable or are you looking forward to that more this spring for sure
1: for sure yeah i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of new faces like there obviously always is and yeah a guy like tom Eshelman, i uh started talking to more in the second half of the season this year and I learned a lot from him and just like you know the day-to-day game and the day-to-day grind and stuff like that and he really helped me with that kind of stuff and so I feel like I saw myself like you said kind of like develop in that way a little bit throughout the year kind of becoming a little bit more comfortable with everybody and getting closer with everybody and being able to you know be more just open and asking more questions uh, for sure I think that'll be a big thing for me Um, there's obviously a lot of smart people around the complex that I can pick the brain and learn from. And so, yeah, that'll be
0: exciting. Well, Roy, you're going to be out there this year in spring training. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. definitely be out there for spring training. Are you uh so what's your timeline between now? Like when do you plan on, on reporting?
1: I'm actually, I'm driving down on Friday. Nice. Yeah. So I'm going, um, yeah, two days, I guess. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so my dad and I are driving <laughs> down and then, I'm uh, going to be down there for rehab for, a little while and then i'll start throwing here in about two weeks and
0: uh yeah i'll be there in two weeks for fantasy camp
1: oh you will okay well so, I- so
0: we'll be in the clubhouse a bunch of old guys We're gonna be in the sure. clubhouse and uh jackson wolf will be down there we just talked to him last week so you got okay. jackson you got you there um jagger haynes i think might be there as well so there'll be a bunch of guys that i'll know and i'll be able to say hey how's it going you guys you want to come and throw an inning we have this <laughs> guy just really bad dude <laughs>
2: <laughs> how long's that drive that's got to be like yeah, a 15 a- plus hour drive right 20 hours 21 i think 21 yeah Do you have I- it all routed out are you gonna just bust it
1: out in like two days or what yeah, i've done it before in two days i guess from san diego that's pretty similar drive though uh but my my dad and i are doing three so we're gonna go oh, to nice. Buena to cedar city utah it's south utah and then uh to phoenix you got sure. friends or family to stop see along the way? No, no, not really. Anybody along that route? Honestly, uh, don't. No, not really. Yeah, unfortunately,
0: no <laughs> there's a lot of land in between in between those stops. Well, hey, this uh, we really appreciate the time, man, and this has been real fun. Let's get the lightning round uh, and get you out of here, and you can go have dinner, and we can just go on about our day. Um, That's great. You, you ready? Yeah, I think so. All right, celebrity crush.
1: Oh, man. Jennifer Aniston.
0: Oh, good one. She's a little old for you, huh? (laughs) (laughs) You're not, dude. You're not the only one that has said Jennifer Aniston. Okay. (laughs) She's timeless. She is timeless. What is the state bird of Washington? No clue. It's the Willow Goldfinch. Oh, wow. I'm going to look that up. Can you name the Hall of Famer that went to North Central High?
1: Yes, Ryan Sandberg.
0: Now, his was his nephew that was, uh, is the manager there in in, in the El Paso.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was his nephew. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's Ryan Sandberg Field. So I played on Ryan Sandberg Field. So yeah. Growing up. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. You'd be in trouble if you missed that one. Yeah.
0: What do you have any superstitions?
1: Uh, no, not really.
2: You're picky about what number you use, about stepping on the chalk, about you chew a, chew a piece of gum
1: between every inning. Nice. No, not that. Cause there's, I realized like I was a little bit early on in my career, and then I realized like, oh, if something's a little different. Then I'm just thinking about that for the rest of my game. So it's turned me off. So no, that's pretty good self awareness.
0: Okay, you've been around a lot. So in and out or five guys? Five guys.
1: I oh. think in. Right? I'm sorry, <laughs> that- uh, honey. Get in here. You're gonna <laughs> like this guy. She, Do you, you have Burgerville like out? Do you have Burgerville out
2: there in uh, Spokane? No Burgerville. No. Okay, it's a Northwest thing. It's more of a Portland, Portland Southwest Washington thing. Okay, who plays you in a movie?
1: I don't even know. That's a, I've never. Uh, Jennifer Anderson, there we go. <laughs> oh, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you, could have a, if you could have a pet
0: that's not a dog or a cat, what would it be?
1: Is it going to be like trained well or is it, you know what like, I mean? That's up a, to you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say monkey. Monkey, nice.
2: My grandpa always wanted a monkey. They could like help clean around the house or whatever. Yeah. I don't know.
1: <laughs> like uh, but obviously I don't want one of those monkeys that's just, you know, crazy and throwing stuff around the place and causing mayhem. So no, you can teach a sign language, you have conversations and yeah. all this. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. So yeah, teach it's some- a friend. Ah, uh,
0: that's classic. Do hey well, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast and taking the time to talk to us. Um We'll see you in spring
1: training. Yeah, sounds good. See you guys soon.